Good morning, fellowship. Go ahead and come on in and find a seat. And we're going to teach you a new song this morning. Search the world, but it couldn't fill me. Man's empty praise and treasures the faith are never enough. Then you came along and put me back together. Well, good morning, Fellowship Rogers. It is 70 degrees in August. Amen? 
Don't get used to it. If you just moved here, it'll be back. It'll be back. You'll be able to fry an egg on your driveway next week sometime. We are so glad that you are here this morning joining us for worship of the King, and we are going to declare there is nothing better than him all morning long. We have three words for you this fall. Belong, grow, serve. And we want you to find a place where you belong, and we want Fellowship Rogers to be that place. We want you to find a group of friendships where you can foster intimacy, where you can know others and be known, where you can celebrate the joys of life and you can have partners in times of crisis. And so join us this fall. We are a small groups church. And so we want to invite you this morning to join a small group. One of the easiest ways to do that is to join our Discover group. Discover is a small group. It meets here on campus on Sunday mornings, and it is designed to tell you a little bit more about the church. It's our membership class, but also a great way to meet new friends. So that would be an easy pathway for you. Or join one of our community groups or one of our men's groups or one of our women's groups. You can sign up for those out in the foyer. You can also use the QR code. It'll take you to a form, and we would love to get you signed up. Or let me make it really easy for you. We have a newcomer social today. So right after this service, you can walk across the foyer. There's another room called the Family Center right across the hall. We're going to have some snacks. We're going to get your name and your number. We're going to tell you a little bit more about fellowship. If you've got children in children's ministry, go get them and bring them along with you. The meeting will be under 30 minutes, and we would love to make a connection with you. So join us today if you're a newcomer, or if you've been around a while and you just find yourself disconnected, that now makes you a newcomer. And so just come across the hall. We would love to meet you. Hey, community group leaders, you are our heroes. You serve above and beyond. And I want to remind you that next week, August 28th, across the hallway in the Family Center, we're having our kickoff meeting. And so join us either at 9 or 1030. We've got some great information we want to give you. and We want to celebrate the launch of your group this fall. Hey, out in the foyer today, we have our Ephesians study guides for sale. In two weeks, we're going to be starting our fall series. We're going to be studying the New Testament epistle of Ephesians. And so you can pick those up. They are $10, and you can follow along with us. There is space in there for you to take notes. During the sermon, there is devotional material. There is questions for your small group. And so pick one of those up and follow us. Follow along with us. There's also a digital version available online. Hey, I want to introduce you to the newest staff member of Fellowship Bible Church. This is Dr. Ted Leonard. Let's welcome Ted Leonard to the stage. Ted has joined the training center staff, and he's leading the core training part of the ministry. Ted, we're so glad you're here. You're actually a product of a training center class. Yes, I am. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. I'm thrilled to be here, be part of the core training center and the training center under the direction of Chip Jackson. But uh, the training, one of the cha- training center classes really changed the way I looked at the scripture. That was Panorama of the Bible that I took about 12 years ago, taught by Robert Cup. And as I went through that class over a 12-week session, it taught me to think my way through the scriptures, as Robert would say, to look at the breadth of all the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation. And it led me down a path of wanting more and asking more questions to the point where my wife allowed me to go back to school, uh, to seminary at Talbot Seminary in Christian Apologetics, and I'm scheduled to graduate, hopefully, this may. Yeah, and this is actually a career change for you. You've redeployed out of the medical field into the ministry field, so congratulations on your pay reduction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Sam. Yeah, you talk about that redeployment. I feel like I'm a good example of that. For the last 31 years, I've been in Springfield, Missouri, practicing medicine and also working at Fellowship Bible Church there in Springfield. But along the way, have just have enjoyed that experience so much, working with people with pain and suffering, tragedy and recovery. But now I look forward to this new phase of my life being redeployed, as you've mentioned. Yeah, so Ted's job is to equip you for life and ministry. So if you're ready to go deeper in theology, if you're ready to learn how to study your Bible on your own, if you're ready to understand the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, 
Ted's here to help, and we've got a great lineup of classes scheduled for this fall. You want to walk us through the lineup? You bet. We have three offerings starting September the 11th at the training center on Sunday morning. The first is Panorama of the Bible, taught by Robert Cup. It's a 12-movement session taught in 11 weeks. Also, uh, at the same time, Sam, we've got Our Faith, which is an eight-week session answering the tough questions of our faith. So when you finish that course, you'll be able to discuss the tenets, the basic tenets of Christianity. And then thirdly, we have a personal Bible study where we walk you through the scriptures on how to walk through, uh, get the best out of the scriptures and learn from them. Yes, and by the way, the personal Bible study class is studying the book of Ephesians. So if you are a community group leader, that would be a great class to be in. Your prep work will be done for you in class. <laughs> hey, uh, we've got a great lineup. If you want to sign up for a class, you can just use that QR code. You can also go out in the foyer or go to the website, fellowshiprogers.org forward slash news. You'll find all the information. We threw a lot at you. We want you to belong. Don't be a man all alone. Don't be a family all alone. Connect with others this fall. Let me pray for us. Well, Lord, it is such a privilege to be a part of the throne room this morning. And I pray as we lift our voices, as we give generously, as we study intentionally, that you would meet us in this moment. Lord, we pray for all this activity, that it wouldn't just be busyness this fall but that you would grow us up in the faith, that you would move us from the elementary teachings onto maturity. Lord, we want to know you better. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand with us once again? Let's look at the words of David from Psalm 145. He says, Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. Let's sing of that greatness together this morning. Oh Lord, how great thou art.
shout of acclamation and take me home. What joy shall fill my heart, then I shall bow in humble Hallelujah to him this morning.
believe that he is worthy that praise this morning. Such a good song. There's no greater feeling than to sing praise unto the Lord amongst brothers and sisters. And this morning we have the opportunity to remember Christ's sacrifice for us. So here in a moment, the ushers are gonna pass. Once again, they're gonna pass communion this time. And we invite you to take, there's two cups. Um, so there's one has the bread on the bottom and then the juice cup is on top. So take both of them. And would you hold the elements as we continue to sing? And they'll have the opportunity to take communion together before John comes to teach the word this morning. Let's continue to worship and reflect on the truth of God's word, Hebrews 5 says this, Jesus, although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who would obey him. Let's reflect on that truth together as we see.
glory to him. We remember his sacrifice for us. We sing your cross, my freedom. So this morning we come to the elements as the church, the church, the body of Christ, his hands and his feet, but also his bride. And we remember. But before we take these elements together, let's lift this familiar chorus unto him, thanking him for his sacrifice. We sing, oh precious. Oh. Rest in that truth for a moment. And if there's something that comes to mind that you need forgiveness for from the Lord, just take a moment before we observe communion together and ask forgiveness, knowing that His mercy is there, His grace is there for you. Oh Lord, we thank you for your love and your sacrifice. So we acknowledge your body that was broken for us, and we take and we eat in remembrance. And we acknowledge that there's no other fountain that could wash us clean other than the blood of Christ. And so we remember, we take.
scripture, the Last Supper says that after they ate, they sang a hymn. So before we close in prayer, would you sing this bridge one more time with me as we acknowledge the freedom we have in Christ? Sing to him. Your cross, my freedom, your stripes, my healing, all praise King Jesus, glory to God in heaven, your blood still speaking, your love still reaching, all praise King Jesus, glory to God forever. Lord, may that be the song of our lives, all glory be to you. We're so grateful for your mercy and your grace that you extend to us. So this morning, as we see what it means to be your church, to grow in the knowledge and wisdom of who you are in obedience, God, would you sanctify us? God, would you make us more like your son? Would you receive the glory today? We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, there are three questions that every individual and every organization, at least three questions, should be asking. The three questions are this, who am I? It's a question that speaks to identity and purpose. There's a question of where am I going? It's a a direction question. It's a destination question. And then there's the question of how am I going to get there? It's a strategy question. It's also a direction question type question. And for fellowship, for us to answer those, here's how we would do that. We answer the who am I, the identity question, the purpose question with our mission statement. And we say it like this, that, that we exist to glorify God and how we do that is to produce and release spiritual leaders. It's just modern terminology for the Great Commission Produce and release spiritual leaders who who both know the authentic Christ and are able to express the authentic Christ. In northwest Arkansas and all over the world, here and near and abroad. We answer the where am I going question, the direction question, with our vision statement. You may or may not be familiar with this. It it says that we want to be one of the churches one of the churches in northwest Arkansas that is used by God to change the heart and the soul of of this area and the world. And then we answer that third question, how are we going to get there, the strategy question. We answer it in a number of ways, but it's really the same answer. And, And this August, for three weeks, we're actually going through that strategy answer. It's belong, it's grow and it's served. We want everyone who calls fellowship their church to belong. This is a place where everyone's welcome. But we want everyone who's here, everyone who chooses to make this their church, we want you to belong and to truly belong. You've, there's some things you've got to do. You need to be a part of a smaller group, a place where you can get face-to-face. We want you to grow. Grow in your relationship with Christ. We're going to talk about that this morning. And we want you to find a place to serve both within the body and outside the body. Now, what does this practically look like? Here's how it plays itself out. It's really simple. Um, shoulder to shoulder in worship. That you're, you're here. You're together. You're worshiping the Lord together. This is so formational and foundational that I think we've forgotten that during these COVID years. It's so important that the body of Christ comes together and we, we, we proclaim those words together. We take the body of Christ and the blood of Christ together. We're reminded of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. We come and we see baptisms and there's evidence of changed life. We see each other smile. We study the word together. And then we meet face-to-face in small group. It's where we turn from shoulder to shoulder towards each other and we're able to know others and be known. We're able to serve each other, right? We're able to study the word together. And then we arm in arm in service. We just want you involved. We want you participating. We want you serving <clears throat> somehow. We've got a video I want you to watch. And I want you to see in this video, I want you to be able to pull out the strategy question. 
the Belong, Grow, Serve. I want you to pull out our vision statement, the changing the heart and soul of Northwest Arkansas. I want you to look where our mission statement's expressed. See if you can find all those things as we watch this video. Go ahead and watch this with me. Fellowship Rogers exists to change the heart and soul of Northwest Arkansas and the world. We pursue this through an ongoing commitment to grow together in the knowledge of who Jesus is and what he has done. We encounter this growth in these strategic, life-changing ways. We worship together to experience God and respond to Him through the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit. Coming into this room and to be surrounded by other believers, just to be able to hear everybody's voices and to be able to be a part of that, just feel the Lord's presence in the room. Just glorifying the Lord has been hugely impactful in my life. We learn together, pressing into the very Word of God. And I've been grateful that Fellowship really does live out um, its model of um, raising leaders and, and releasing leaders. Being able to learn from older um, godly men and women that are two to five to 10 to 15 years older than you, um, that are able to disciple you and, and walk you through doing effective and, and godly ministry. We gather together living life in small group community with one another. There's just something about that community that brings us all together. It's a friendship, it's a bond. It's a family, it's a feeling, it's a connection that goes well beyond just a meeting in a, in a house every other week. We serve together, joyfully, out of the overflow of grace we have received as followers of Christ. You know, you don't have to go across the world to do something for somebody in need. You can do it right here in your neighborhood. I mean, this is actually where we all work and live. And these are the people we interact with each and every day. You think you're just doing this to make a difference in someone else's life, but actually this impacts all of us also. And we make disciples together to release leaders who know and express Him wherever He plants them. I meet with women, and I meet with young women and older women, and now I've got all these sisters and daughters in the Lord, and it's just a, a beautiful, a beautiful thing. Why do we do this? So we can fulfill our calling to bring the message of the gospel into our community, where we live, where we work, and where we play. We want to see the reality of who Jesus is come alive around us, right here in Northwest Arkansas and around the globe. Each one of us is a part of that mission as the local church. At Fellowship Rogers, we have an opportunity and calling to come alongside people and to invite them in, into our campus, into our church body, and into our lives. starting to feel like a little bit of an advertisement? Good. That's what we want. We want to get this, that we really believe in this. We really believe that if you will belong, if you will be committed towards growing in your faith, growing towards maturity, we really believe if you'll serve, you find a place to serve, it works. We believe in it. Hey, for three weeks in the month of August, we're doing our, our launch series or our fall kickoff series. Labor Day, we'll start the book of Ephesians. I think Sam held this up earlier. Get you one of these. This is what we're going to do all fall. But for just a few weeks in August, we're going to remind ourselves who we are as the church. We want you to belong. This is a place where everyone's welcome. We want you to belong in small group together. We want you to grow in, towards maturity in your relationship with Jesus together. We want you to serve, to meet the needs of, of the church, of each other, but also of the watching world. Today we'll be reminded as a church that we are committed to growing together, through learning from the scriptures together, through worshiping together, shoulder to shoulder, and gathering together in homes and in coffee shops and in conference rooms all over Northwest Arkansas together. Together being committed to make disciples, we fellowship, we like to say, produce spiritual leaders and then release those spiritual leaders, you and me, in our area of giftedness and passion and we've got a plan for you. Hey, here's our big idea this morning. As simple as I can make it, healthy things tend to grow towards maturity. That's what happens. 
Healthy things tend to go towards maturity. We see it not only in the scriptures, we actually see it in life, don't we? I'm a plant person. I used to be embarrassed of that. I'd watch these, uh, these, these gardening shows. They aren't always the most manly of men that are on them, but I'm okay with it now. I'm secure. But if you, if you look at plants, there's different kinds of plants. There are annuals. They grow towards maturity really quick. They're just around for a season. There are perennials that kind of come and go, but they come back each year. There, there are the deciduous plants. They're the ones that keep their structure, but they drop their leaves. And then there's the evergreens. And it really doesn't matter what kind of plant it is. If you, if you have the right soil, if you have the right fertilizer, if you have the right amount of water, if you plant it in the right spot and it has the right amount of sunlight, what happens? It grows towards maturity. Now, sometimes there's a little bit of disease. We'll equate that to sin, right, for us. But it grows towards maturity. Same thing happens in, with, with us in humanity, right? You have a baby. Several of our girls at, on our staff recently have had these, these sweet little babies. And what happens? They grow. You go to the doctor. The doctor does what? Weighs the baby. Measures the baby. At some point, length becomes height. And every time you take your kids to the doctor, you keep checking for, are they growing in weight? Are they growing in height? And what happens when you reach maturity? They start asking your height, don't they? But they keep weighing you. You don't want to keep coming more and more and more mature. But the same thing happens for a follower of Jesus. You grow in grace and in knowledge and in maturity and in holiness and in skill and in fellowship. We're not so concerned about numbers physically. We really are concerned about church health or your spiritual health, my spiritual health, and spiritual growth. And we really believe that God will take care of the physical growth, the numbers, So even more specific, here's the big idea. Healthy followers of Jesus grow spiritually towards maturity. It's a principle that we've seen over and over in the scriptures. It's a principle we see in life. Our text this morning is from Colossians chapter 2. It's one of my favorite texts from scripture. And Paul will give us a blueprint of how to grow spiritually. If you would, turn to Colossians chapter 2. We'll begin it in verse 6, verses 6 and 7. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. You see, Paul is instructing the Colossians on how they should live their lives. He's saying that in this this word, so then there, it could actually point backwards or it could point forwards. If it was pointing forwards, and look at verse eight, he's talking about these worldly philosophies, and it could be that. Most likely it's pointing back, and most likely he's saying, because, back in chapter one, because Christ should be exalted, because through reconciliation, through wisdom, through sanctification coming from him, so then, as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. He's basically saying that the same way you receive Christ is how you should live your life in Christ. That how your walk, your walk should continue how it commenced. That your, your present should equal your birth or your starting. One theologian put it this way. He wants their present and continuous conduct to conform to the doctrine taught them at the beginning. You see, Paul was worried about this church at the time. I would put it this way, your conduct should equal your conversion. Now, by conversion, we mean coming to Christ. That your, your conduct should, should yeah, how you live, should equal your conversion, how you received Christ. Now, here's the reflective question, first reflective question this morning. How did you receive Christ Jesus? Can you remember back that far? Some of you will kind of, as you start to think back, you'll have a date, August 20th, 2005. I remember the day. I remember what happened. And some won't have a specific day, but you should be able to remember back that there was a, a change. I remember for me, it was sophomore, junior year of college. I'd, I'd grown up in the church. I just never figured it out. And I, I began to follow Jesus. And things began to change. I started to experience that joy and that peace that I saw others have. I started to experience Christian community. I started to be convicted of sin. 
the Holy Spirit started moving my life. I, for the first time in my life, I began to understand the scriptures. See, that's how it's like when you come to faith in Christ. Can you remember how it was like when you received Christ? And maybe you're here today and you're, you're saying, I'm not even sure I know Christ. Paul says to the Ephesians in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not from yourselves, it is a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. This is salvation. By grace through faith. By grace through faith. That's how conversion happens. It's by grace through faith. It's, it's a gift of God. There's nothing you can do. You know, we always think, or people always communicate to me, I, I just, there's a couple things I gotta get figured out and then I'll, then I'll come to faith. I gotta get my suit on, I gotta get cleaned up. And it's, no, you come as you are and he takes care of the cleaning. He takes care of the, the conviction of sin. By grace, through faith, is a gift of God. You cannot boast about it because you've done nothing to deserve it. And he's saying, as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, walk in him. Hey, if you need a real, plain, specific blueprint on how to come to Jesus, Paul says this in Romans chapter 10. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Can it get any plainer than that? And it's not about the words you say. It's about the condition of your heart. It's about you truly believing in him and, and there's this heart change. And then you, you convey those words a verbal response to the condition of your heart. Look back at the passage. He says, so then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, there's a, there's a lordship thing happening if you're truly a believer of him. It's, it's not about me building my kingdom. It's about me building his kingdom. It's not about me getting what I want, and my story is important, and my story is powerful, but it's not about my story. It's about his story. As you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. Hey, reflecting question number two, have you received Christ? Have you really and truly received Christ? If you're not sure, this would be a great thing to process. Process it, come to the prayer room today. Uh, John and Mary Wilson are there. They'd love to pray with you and talk with you. No pressure, just processing. Grab me, ask the person next to you to hear their story. If they're not a believer in Christ, you two go together, find somebody else. Hopefully it won't take too long, you'll find somebody and they'll tell you their story about how Jesus has changed their life. But that's not the end of the story. That's actually just the beginning of the story. And Paul's gonna show us that. He says, as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. And so what Paul's gonna do, he's gonna give us four participles, four describing words, and those are how we should live our life in him. Look at the first two, they're bundled together. Just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up, or as I put it, grounded and growing. That first one there is actually a perfect tense participle. It's kind of a, a one-time thing. It's a, there's a, you're being fixed to something. You're rooted in something. You're founded or grounded in something. We all know that's supposed to be Jesus, right? You're grounded in something. So let me ask you another reflective question. What are you founded on? What are you fixed to? What are you grounded on right now? You see, it's real easy to take our focus off Jesus and be founded to something else, isn't it? It shouldn't be what's going on in society. It shouldn't be a political party. It shouldn't be a cause. It should be Jesus. And all, everything else you do should flow out of that founding, that grounding, that rooted to him. And unfortunately, sometimes in the church, what we've done is we've misled people that it's all about coming to Christ and it's nothing about the rest of the, the being built up. And Paul addresses that here. He says, you need to be rooted, you need to be fixed, but you also need to be built up. He uses a, a plant terminology, rooted, and then he talks, talks about build up. That's growing. But there should be a building up, there should be a growing. That's actually a present tense participle. That means it's continuous. 
that you need to be not only rooted, you need to be growing up, you need to be growing up in the Lord. One of the, the best ways this has been communicated to me, and, and I'm a very simple person, but you think about this thing of salvation. It's almost like an umbrella. See, if you're a believer in Christ, you are saved when you come to Christ. You're being saved throughout your life, and someday Jesus will come back and you will be saved, and that sounds really confusing, doesn't it? It's that already not yet kind of thing. And, and how I understand that is that there's this justification that when you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, you are justified positionally. Everything's taken care of. You, you cannot change it. You've been adopted into his family. There's nothing you can do to lose the name. You're positionally safe. But then throughout your life, there's this sanctification process. And that's what we're talking about this morning, this growth process. And oftentimes it's, it's one or two steps or three steps forward and one step back because we all struggle, right, with sin. And then someday there's gonna be this last step in the process, this glorification when Jesus is gonna come back or we're gonna die and go be with Jesus. And that's called glorification. Justification, sanctification, that's our time here on earth, and glorification. And Paul's talking about being rooted, being built up in Christ. The foundation is Christ. Everything else should be built on it. At fellowship, we're not so concerned where you're at. Isn't that good? That the, the, if there was a scale from one to 10 spiritually, a one being a new believer in Christ, a 10 being Jesus. Ladies, some of you husbands think you're married to Jesus, right? They think they're a 10. They're probably not. But a one being a new believer, a 10 being Jesus, we're not so concerned where you're at, what number you are. You're four or you're five. We're not so, we just want you headed in the right direction. And we want you to be able to assess, okay, here's where I'm at, and here's where I'm growing towards. We've got a diagnostic tool we've used for years here at Fellowship called the Spiritual Growth Wheel. Here it is. It's real simple. That before you come to Christ, you are dead in unbelief. You're spiritually dead. You're not born yet. And then when you accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, you become born, and you are born again. It's that time you just thought about. And then you enter into spiritual infancy, and just like a baby... You need spiritual milk. You, you're characterized by ignorance. You don't know what you don't know, and everything's new, and you're coming to faith in the Lord. And as you grow spiritually, you become a spiritual infant. I'm sorry, a spiritual child. And spiritual children are just like physical children. Everything's focused on self. I want to grow. I want to take a class. I want to be in a group. I want to go to church. And those are all great things. But it's focused on yourself growing. And then as you look, as you took, take the half of the wheel and you go from one side to the other, what you begin to realize is that as you turn the corner to spiritual young adulthood, you turn the focus off of self and onto others. Spiritual young adults are great people to have in the church. But it's really not a pretty sight when, when someone stays in that spiritual infancy or spiritual childhood for years upon years. Because you can have a 60-year-old person that came to Christ 30 years prior and still be a spiritual child, still focused on self. The writer of Hebrews addresses this in Hebrews chapter five. He says this, in fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk being still an infant is not acquainted with the teachings about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish between good and evil. So a spiritual young adult is someone who's focused on others. You've turned that focus off of self and onto others. They're the people that show up and serve in the church and are committed to the church and committed to their spiritual growth. And then there's this other thing, spiritual parenthood. And the interesting thing is, the difference between a spiritual young adult and a spiritual parent would be what? It's the same thing as in life. You don't want your teenagers, right, to be parents. Because to be a parent, you have to have children. A spiritual young adult is someone, I mean, a spiritual parent is someone who's got a spiritual child. You're beginning to own the spiritual development of another person. And that's what we're trying to help people to, towards that spiritual parenthood. You begin to own the spiritual development, not just of your family, but maybe of someone else. That you're, oftentimes, these are our community group leaders, and, and there are community group leaders who's going, hey, I see such and such over there, and they're growing in their relationship with Christ. I'm going to spend a little extra time with them. 
Or maybe you have someone in your group who's not a believer and you spend extra time with them. You begin to own the spiritual development of another person. How many of you have elementary students? Raise your hand. Elementary student. Parents of elementary. Come on, raise them up. You are in trouble. You are in trouble. You know why? It's not because of what you think. We've got something really cool happening. Ted talked about the panorama of the Bible we're having this fall. You better take it because your children are going to be studying panorama for kids. It's actually incredible. Paige Brown, one of our staff in the elementary team, has taken Robert's curriculum, Panorama of the Bible. She's written it for kids, and they're going to be studying it this year at Fellowship. You better do your homework. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. You better saddle up because they're going to be growing in their faith. They're going to be learning about the whole of Scripture. Now, if that terrifies you, don't be scared. We've got resources. Just stop by. There's a little magnet you can get, and it's got some, some, uh, a QR code on it. It'll give you some tips. Also, social media, follow Fellowship Rogers Kids. Um, you'll get, to, you'll get your, your tip every week. And we want to equip you because we want to release you. We want you to own the spiritual development of your children. Hey, in addition to growing and grounded, Paul says this, that a life in Christ should be someone who's strengthened in the faith. Now, this sounded really similar to me as growing in Christ, but actually it's, it's different. There's a communal element to this. Basically, what he's saying is we want you to be fortified in the faith or fortified through a faith community. That, that a person who's growing in a relationship with Christ is living life in a, in a faith community. It's part of what we do. First Peter describes this well, or Peter does in First Peter chapter 4. He says, the end of all things is near. He's talking about Jesus coming back. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. A spiritual person prays. A person who is growing spiritually prays. Above all, love each other deeply. Why? Because love covers over a multitude of sins. Let me put this in the, uh, the, the John Barclay version. Love each other deeply because when you go to community group, you're going to make each other mad or so you're going to say something. You're going to do something that offends the other person. You're going to have to say, I'm sorry. Love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. You see, what happens is when we turn face to face, things go wrong. We have to say we're sorry. But it's really healthy when you ask for forgiveness and someone extends forgiveness. And love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. That's hard, isn't it? When you're vacuuming on Sunday afternoon because you're getting ready for group and then no one shows up. It can be hard. Each of you use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. We've all been given spiritual gifts. You need to figure out what those spiritual gifts are and then we need to serve the body of Christ. Well, you all need to play a role. And then look at the, look at the next words. Strengthened in faith as you were taught. There's that community element. You see, the biggest problem with life is people, possessions, and power. That's where you run into problems, isn't it? It's other people. It's my, my desire for power. It's my desire for possessions. And then God's answer for that is interesting. It's God's people, the church, God's power, the Holy Spirit, God's possession, his word, and those three things together will change your life, will help us be fortified in faith, fortified through this faith community. And then the last point, the fourth participle there, is filled with gratitude. He says, overflowing with thankfulness, and how you overflow is you're filled up. Boy, that's a great word for our society today, isn't it? It's a great challenge. That you're filled with gratitude. I had a guy tell me he's doing a men's study, kind of a parenting men's study, and he said the first lesson was you're to write a thank you note to your dad. And it kind of hit my heart because my dad's no longer alive. And I'd love to write him a thank you note. Because you know when you go around life, you tend to think of the things that weren't as good, and then, but then when you write down the things you're thankful for, it's incredibly encouraging. And maybe that's not in the parent column for you, but somewhere else? Do you have someone you could write a thank you note to? Could you express gratitude? Science seems to line up with us here. It says this, gratitude, science says this in, in, the, in the Forbes magazine, gratitude improves physical and 
psychological health. Gratitude enhances empathy and reduces aggression. Grateful people tend to sleep better and have better self-esteem. Gratitude plays a major role in overcoming trauma. I sent my kids this, we got this, this texting group, I'm sure you do with your kids, if your kids have phones, and it's, it's fam spam, and so we always send stuff where you're at and things like that, and I sent them a, a text a couple weeks ago just saying it's kind of a list of things to help you be grateful. One is, and it was really practical, don't watch the news or, or look at social media before noon. Boy, that would help, wouldn't it? Second one is write down three things you're grateful for in a post-it note every day and, and put it in a place that you'll see it. You see, that's, that's, that's kind of feeling gratitude, reminding yourself of gratitude. Then express gratitude, just write thank you notes. I mean, once a week, just write a thank you note to somebody you're grateful for. See, Paul, I think, is on to something, that a, that a group of believers who are grateful for, not only for one another, but for the things that God, who God is and what he's done is a very healthy, spiritually growing group of believers. Hey, I wanna show you how we process this just practically at fellowship how we process being grounded and growing, how we process being fortified in faith, how we process this, this practicing gratitude. And I've got some pictures for you. And yes, here we go. So the, the pictures, this is what your kids are doing right now. Uh, over in the preschool place, that first picture is the preschool place. They're worshiping the Lord. Then they break into small groups. That's, that's actually a picture in the middle is of our youngest of the young. They're doing small group together. They're learning about Jesus together. They are, yeah. They've got those things holding them up. I need one of those. And then the kids are in small group together. And then there's a picture of our third through fifth grade ministry. And, and this picture is really special to me because, not because I have an elementary student, not because I have a third through fifth grader, but I want you to see who's on stage. See that dude in the hat? I told him not to wear the hat, by the way. The dude in the hat, he didn't listen to me, he, he's leading worship for the first time. And he's scared to death. And he's showing up here at 7.45 in the morning. And he's learning how to be a spiritual leader. And then he goes and helps with a small group. And he learns more from that small group, I think, teaching that small group than he ever learns going to his service. Because you learn when you teach. But it doesn't stop there. It goes into our student ministry. 7th through 12th graders, they gather on Sunday mornings. There's, there's them worshiping together. There's them doing small group together. They do their small groups in homes. Thank you, host homes. I know they tend to break stuff, but it's really good. And then, but it doesn't stop there. I took this, or someone took this picture last week. This is our legacy ministry meeting just across the hall. They're gathering together, hearing from our global outreach, I think, director there, uh, and, and then they're meeting in small groups. This is what we do all over Northwest Arkansas. And let me tell you this, belonging and growing and serving is so important. There's actually another door and if you begin to look through it, it's called Multiply. It's called Great Commission. It's called our mission statement. We'll talk about that another time. But what's going to happen next week is across the hall in the Family Center Auditorium, both at 9 and 1030, we're going to gather all of our small group leaders. And we're going to get really excited. And they're going to be calling you saying, hey, you want to be in my group? I want to fill up my group. Because they are who we are asking to lead the charge. They are the staff of our church. And we'd love for you to be one of those people. And if you want to be, just show up. We'll train you. We'll help you figure out a group. We'll provide a community group coach for you. We'll encourage you. Because we want everyone here to, be, to learn to be a, a spiritual leader and be produced and released in your area of giftedness and passion. Hey, I want to get really practical this morning. How are we grounded and growing? How are we fortified in the faith? How are we filled with gratitude? For us, it's really easy. Shoulder to shoulder, face to face, arm in arm. It's how it works. If you want to get really, really, really practical, here's how you can do this this fall at Fellowship. Study this. Make a commitment like you've never done before to study through the scriptures. Do your quiet times in this. Join us for worship and studying this. And then grab a small group and study this. Or do Discover. It's our church membership class. If you're new here, do Discover. It's eight weeks. You get to ask any hard question you want. Wait until Mickey shows up. Those are the best times to ask the hard questions. But, but ask any hard question you want. You can see what kind of church we are. And then at the end, if, you, if, you, if this is the church for you, then you can join. Join a training center class. 
It's not a substitute for community group. It's not a substitute for small group, but it's a great way to grow deep in your faith. And then just after this service today, right across the hall in the Family Center Auditorium, we've got a newcomer's gathering for you. We'd love to have you join us. We'd love to have you be a part. If you've got any questions, we'll answer them there. We'll figure out how to get you connected. Uh, No pressure, just to process through what the church looks like. Fellowship, may we be a church who God uses to change the heart and the soul, not only of this area, but of the watching world. And I think we do that. We start with that by belonging, by growing in our faith, and by learning to serve. God bless you, fellowship. Have a great week.